We're continuing with the denomination in our 40 days of prayer. And uh, I really hope that you've been uh, doing the daily devotions with this. Uh, you can still sign up. If you haven't been doing that, you can go to the national website. You can go to our website, click on 40 days of prayer, and you can get those. Uh, it's really, really been good, and I enjoy it. Um, reawakening to the Church of Christ. That's where we're at this week. And that's what the devotions have been focused on. And I've really, really liked being part of that this week. Um, but I want to again, folks, before we jump to Church of Christ, I want to talk again about reawakening. Okay? Reawakening. The first week, Pastor Chris gave us a great definition for reawakening. And the last week we talked about it. And, and I talked about how sometimes, even when we're still asleep, we can sometimes talk in our sleep, and it could appear that we're awake. Um, many of you know that it was uh, three weeks ago, I was experiencing my worst day of COVID, and now it's over, but, um, but I still have had times where there's been the, just the ongoing effects of that. Anyone had COVID and the cough, that cough every once in a while, okay? And so earlier this week, that cough just didn't want to let go, and I was wanting to go to bed, and I was wanting to sleep well, so I took some NyQuil, okay? Anyone? Nighttime coughing, sneezing, so you can sleep medicine, right? And so I took some NyQuil. Well, I took it earlier in the evening because I didn't want the effects the next morning, right? So I'd taken it early in the evening, and we're sitting there. I'm sitting there in my chair. We're watching TV. Jessica is saying something to me. I have no clue what she's saying because the NyQuil is doing its thing, okay? People, are you following me? Are you tracking? Brian, what? What? Brian, what? What'd you say? She was talking to me. I had no clue. I was awake. I was aware, but I wasn't aware. You know what I mean? Brian, are you listening? Yes, I'm listening. What'd I say? I don't know. Uh, say it again. And she said it again. And then I'm like, I still, I've heard what she has said, but I'm still not, it's still not making sense in my head. Anyone ever feel that way? We're awake. We're aware of what's going on, kind of. But there's something else that's inserted itself into us, that's making us see things fuzzy or not clearly or not quite where we're supposed to be. Are we awake? Yes, but something is affecting that. And I think sometimes that happens in our walk with Christ. And we say, okay, well, what's that thing that makes things hard to hear or out of focus or unclear? Well, I mean, we're going to say right away, well, it's, it's sin or something that's just distracting us from where we're supposed to be. Something that's keeping us from fully being engaged in the situation. And so I say that because you might say, well, I'm awake and I know about Jesus and I know what's going on, but are we fully there or is there something that's pulling us out? And so this morning we're talking about the church. The church. We are the church not this facility, not the building. We, the people, are the church. And you go into Ephesians chapter 2, and it talks some great stuff about the church and who we are. And that's what we're talking about today, reawakening to the church. And, and I, I get excited about this because I know Jesus is my Savior, but I could not walk that walk without you guys. 
I, I couldn't do that without y'all. We're, we're not meant to. We're not meant to. We get to do this together. That's what we say every week, together. Because, yes, I have a personal, but it's about together. And sometimes we get so focused on me or we, my, my eyes are focused on Jesus, it's, it's about me and Jesus. And, and the, the hope for this is that we see it more as us and Jesus. Because if it's only ever me and Jesus, then I would say that very rarely are you ever going to make it about that lost person and Jesus because it's about me and Jesus. But when we're talking about us and Jesus, now maybe we might be able to say, and that person that doesn't know Jesus too. Because it's not just me and Jesus, it's us and Jesus. We need that. So if you had done the devotions this week, then this is what you looked at. If you didn't, this is what you missed. You can still go back and look at it, okay? It's still available. Go to the national website, go to our website, 40 Days of Prayer, you can sign up, it's there. We talked about Jesus is the head of the church. Jesus is the head of the church. More on that in a bit. The church is the body of Jesus. We are his body. The church is God's family. We're a family here. We're a family. I, I love that. Families get messy and families share messy things and families share secret messy things sometimes. And the church has not been good at allowing us to share secret messy things. But that's what we should be able to do. In my opinion, the church should be the safest place in the world to share secret, messy things. And instead, we've been the worst place in the world to do it. The church is inhabited by the Holy Spirit. We are built up by the Spirit. The church is the bride of Christ. The church is God's ambassadors for reconciliation. Woo! Man, that should get us excited. We're ambassadors. We're representatives for Jesus to go into this world and help reconcile this world. Help bring back a relationship from those that are lost to God. That's what we get to do. I... What was that noise? Um, I, I hear this so much. I hear this so much. And I feel like I hear this even more today than I've ever heard it. People complaining about how the world is acting. Why do they do that? What's going on? What is wrong with them? I just can't even believe they live that way. I can't believe they think that way. I'm going to say this one real quick. The last one. The church is a pillar and foundation of truth. That was the last day for the devotion. Okay, here's the deal. This world doesn't know truth. Why? In my opinion, I could be wrong. You could disagree. Because we have not been good ambassadors of reconciliation. 
This world is no more evil today than it's ever been. Evilness has not gone up. It's just as evil. Go back and reread some stuff in Genesis. Oh my. People say, what's wrong? Why are they like this? Why is it? I'll give you two reasons. Sin and lost. That's why the world is the way it is today. Guess how long that's been the reason? Guess how long? Since the beginning. Since Adam and Eve first sinned. Sin entered the world. They were lost. God came into that garden and found them. And reconciled them to him. And that's what we get to do. We get to reconcile. We get to be representatives of truth. And in my opinion, again, if you want to disagree, we have not been good as a church of representing the truth and being ambassadors for reconciliation. That's what we get to be. If you have your Bibles, I want you to turn to Matthew chapter 16. And we're going to look at verses 13 through 19. So once you find that, I want to invite you to stand. And we're going to read as I read in honor of God's word. I invite you to stand. Matthew 16. Matthew 16, starting in verse 13, when Jesus came to the region of Caesarea Philippi, he asked his disciples, who do people say the Son of Man is? They replied, some say John the Baptist, others say Elijah, and still others, Jeremiah, or one of the prophets. But what about you, he asked? Who do you say I am? Simon Peter answered, you are the Messiah, the Son of the living God. Jesus replied, Blessed are you, Simon, son of Jonah, for this was not revealed to you by flesh and blood, but by my Father in heaven. And I tell you that you are Peter, and on this rock I will build my church, and the gates of Hades will not overcome it. I will give you the keys of the kingdom of heaven. Whatever you bind on earth will be bound in heaven. Whatever you loose on earth will be loosed in heaven. Then he ordered his disciples not to tell anyone that he was the Messiah. Father, we thank you for your word. We thank you for this opportunity that we have to read about this story, this conversation between Jesus and his disciples and Peter. And I pray that as we look into this today, that you will reveal yourself through your word to our hearts and mold us and make us into your image. Help us to grow in you. Thank you, Jesus. It's in your name we pray. Amen. You may be seated. So I had two things that stand out in this that I'm going to talk about today and then kind of a third thing that's, that's along that too, but mainly two points and then, and then we're going to have a little bit of conversation, okay? Uh, the first thing is this. We need to remember the rightful owner of the church. We need to remember the rightful owner of the church. Who's the rightful owner of the church? Jesus. Jesus. Remember... Chris said earlier, we're, we're what kind of people? We're Jesus people. He said, remember that answer, you're gonna need it. There we go, that's the answer. The rightful owner of the church is Jesus. Not me, not you, 
Not Pastor Chris, not anyone. The rightful owner of the church is Jesus. It is vital to understand correctly the rock on which the church was built. The church was built solely on the back of Jesus. He's our foundation. It was not built on Peter. Peter did some great things, didn't he? Peter did some great things. He made himself available. On the day of Pentecost, the Holy Spirit was poured out, and Peter stood up and preached. And how many people came to know Jesus that day? 3,000 or more. Did Peter do that? Yes. Peter did that, but it, only because of Jesus was he able to do that. When you look there, you've got the word Peter, you've got the word rock. Um, I get notes this for this. I get some of my notes come from the national office, and so I'm going to share what they say in this. It says that there's two different words here, Petros for Peter and Petra for rock. And uh, they gave a definition saying that Petros means stony, rocky, loose stones. And uh, that's what Jesus called Peter. Petra means bedrock foundation and that Christ is our foundation, our bedrock on which the church is built. Peter did some good things in the name of Jesus, because of Jesus, because of the Holy Spirit, because of him speaking through Peter. Peter made himself available and said, I will be an ambassador for reconciliation. But if we don't have Jesus as our foundation, then none of that matters. Last week we had the video and Tim Meyer got up here and he said he called all of us Jesus people. Why? Because it's all about Jesus. It's all about Jesus. It's all about Jesus. Have you heard us say that before? We've said it a few times. And, and, there, and, 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 and we need to be reminded of this. We need to say this uh, over and over because I believe that we can slowly get our minds and our ideas focused off of Jesus. Things distract. I, in, in reading this this week and preparing for this and reading different articles and reading different scriptures in this and coming to this, back to this main idea that it's all about Jesus, I realized, man, since I've been sick three weeks ago, uh, the reality is I've actually been thinking more about me than I've been thinking about Jesus. I've been thinking more about me. I've been thinking about getting better. Getting stronger. Why do I feel this way? Why do I feel this way? It's all about, I kept thinking about me. And in reading this, I started thinking, I, I, need, I haven't been focused on Jesus. It's easy to do, isn't it? It's easy to do. That's what the enemy wants to do. He wants to get our eyes off of Jesus. I had a song just pop in my head. Turn your eyes onto Jesus. Look full in his wonderful face. And what happens? The things of this earth will grow strangely dim. Man, I needed the things of this earth, this stupid sickness, to grow strangely dim and focus on him. What's Jesus ask? What's Jesus ask in this passage? He says, who do people say I am? Who do people say I am? 
And the answer, the answer, oh, some say Elijah, some say Jeremiah, some say one of the prophets. If we were to go out here into Tekoa right now and ask people, who do you say Jesus is, what kind of answers would we get? Would we get 100% truth? No. Well, we might find some that could answer it correctly, but there are a lot of people out there that think they have some kind of idea of who Jesus is, and the answer is it's not correct. It's not wrong. I mean, it's wrong. They, they don't have the right truth. They have an idea of who they is and, and, and I, of who he is, and I think that part of that is because we have not been good ambassadors and represented Jesus well. We have not been a pillar of truth as God calls us to be. And Jesus says to Peter, who do you say I am? Does Peter give the truth? Peter gives the truth. He gives the truthful answer. And I think there's a lot of us here that would be able to give the truthful answer with our mouth. But does it come out in our Life Does it show in the way that we live? Do our, does our life, does our, do our lives show the foundation of Jesus in the way we act, in the way we live, in the way we do things? Or do we get, we give the verbal, but we don't give the life representation. To me, it's that lack of truth and representation ambassadors that has caused the world to have a wrong picture of who Jesus is. I shared this comic strip back with you guys back in November of 2020. I'm going to share it again. Um, two guys. I'm just going to read it. It's easy to follow. You don't need to see the picture. If you want to, I'll hold it up like this. Okay. But it's just two guys talking. Okay. Guy number one. I know I live a life that most church people would call sinful, and no, I don't go to church or anything like that, but I love Jesus, and that's all that really matters. That was guy number one. Guy number two. Yeah, that is what matters, but how do you know you love Jesus? Like, do you just assume saying it makes it true? Guy number one. What kind of question is that? I know I love Jesus because I know I love Jesus. Guy number two, let me ask you this then. Do you read the Bible and do what it says? Guy number one, no, I told you. I'm not a Bible-thumping, church-going, religious guy. I just love Jesus. Guy number two, let me share something a great man of God once said about loving Jesus. If you love Jesus, you'll obey his commandments. You'll do what he says, and anyone who does not do what Jesus says does not really love him. Guy number one. Well, whoever said that seems to be very confused about the grace of God is in no position to tell other people whether or not they really love Jesus. Guy number two says, it was Jesus that said that. Now, we, we hear that and, and we, find it, we, we find it amusing. We laugh at it. And we say, well, that's where the world's at. 
It is where the world's at. A lot of people out there, they think they know Jesus. But I think sometimes there's even the chance that distractions, sin, even inside the church, that we get caught in something like that. Because we get off of the foundation that is Jesus. It's all about Jesus. Who's Jesus to you? Do you live in the truth of Jesus as your cornerstone or do you make Jesus into what you want or think he should be? Sometimes we fall that way. Second thing I want us to see here is that the owner has given the church spiritual authority. The owner, who's the owner? Jesus. The owner has given the church spiritual authority. The church brings eternal values to humanity presently. Right now, we get to bring eternal values to this world. We get to represent truth. Jesus says to Peter, here are the keys of the kingdom. Here are the king keys of the kingdom. He's giving us authority. Not in ourselves, but because Jesus is our foundation. He gives us that authority. And what's he say? We get to bind. We get to loose. We get to do all of those things. But I think too often we're too worried about, well, we're too wrapped up in, or, you know, God, you don't know what I've, you don't know where my brain went this week. You don't know where my mind is. You don't know I messed up here. I can't do that. You're right. We can't do that, but we are called to do that. And if we are standing on the authority, the foundation that is Jesus, then we have spiritual authority and we are called to use that spiritual authority. We're as kids. We're as kids. Do we act and work and move and live with that spiritual authority? Or we, do we think, who are we? we? We can't do that. We're his kids. I'm reading a book right now by Rob Reamer. Some of you have heard of him. Um, the name of this book is Spiritual Authority. I'll say this just like any other book. I'm reading it. There's some things in there I like. There's some things in there I don't like. Very few books I've ever found where I agree 100%. But he uses an illustration in there. He talks about his kids talks about his kids. He talks about his kids and his kids' friends coming over to the house. They're teenagers. Anyone know what it's like to have kids, teenage kids, and their friends come over to your house? Hide the food, right? <laughs> That's the exact point. That's the exact point. He says his kids, when they come over to the house, and I know this feeling, when my kids come to the house, they don't act. When my kids are at the house, they don't ask if they can get food. They just get food. Right? Jessica and I were at the grocery store the other day. And we're standing in the chip aisle. And she goes, maybe we should get more chips. And I'm like, no, there's a half a bag of that in the at the house, in the cupboard. And she goes, no, Colby ate it. <laughs> okay, then we better get a bag of chips. Did Colby ask about eating it? Did Colby get my permission to eat my chips? I mean, to eat the bag of chips? <laughs> no. Why? Because he's, he's family. He doesn't need to ask for that. He has the authority to go get the chips. He can do that. Do I get upset about it sometimes? No. <laughs> I 
He's family. Now, the difference is when they bring a friend over, a friend doesn't just go jumping in there and eating my food. Why? Because he's not part of the family. Peter usually asks before he starts eating my food. But we have that authority as God's children, and we have to live and walk in that authority. We are called to be his ambassadors for truth to this world, and we aren't going to do that if we don't understand we have the authority to do that. And we do, and we should, we get to. We get to represent Jesus. Now, I said that I don't feel like we've done that well. And, and when I say we, I'm not talking about First Alliance Church Tacoma. Although, we still got to look at ourselves. Uh, last week I mentioned um, the idea about focus. In this last part, it's a point if you want, whatever. Uh, but we got to remember our focus. We got to remember our focus. Last week I talked about getting your prescription checked. Okay? And that when you've gone a year or two without getting your eyes checked, you don't often realize that your prescription has changed. You know, I had my eyes checked a few months ago. Doctor said, have things changed? I'm like, nope, I'm good. I think I'm good. I'm just here so I can get more contacts. And she did the whole exam and everything. She goes, well, your right eye has changed. It's gotten worse. Had I noticed? I hadn't even noticed. Ordered the new contacts. New contacts came in. I put them in and I'm like, oh my goodness, my prescription changed. I didn't even realize it. Okay? It happens, doesn't it? It happens. And so for this last part, I want us to stop and think, have, have I drifted? Do I not quite have the same focus that I've had? One of the things that's talked about in this section is the kingdom. The kingdom. Jesus often talked about the gospel of the kingdom. One of my favorite classes, I'm going to say it, my favorite class in college, and I'm going to keep saying it until he believes it, but I, my favorite class in college was Mr. Collier's Theology of the Kingdom. I loved it. It blew my mind. I'm like, whoa, the kingdom is the overarching theme of all of Scripture. This is amazing. I loved it. How often do we talk about the kingdom? We're here for the kingdom. We're all part of the kingdom. The church is all part of the kingdom. That should, be, that should excite us. It's God's kingdom. And here we have the keys to the kingdom because we're his family. But I think sometimes we get our focus just a little bit off. Sometimes we don't see things as clear as we once did. The kingdom of God, the foundation of Jesus should be our number one priority in our life if we are believers and followers of Jesus, period. Tony Evans once said this, God has an embassy in history. It's called the church. The church is God's embassy to bring the values of the homeland. What's the homeland? The kingdom of God. The values of the homeland into foreign territory. What's foreign territory? This, this world, this earth. The church is not to represent the country it's in. 
It's to, it's to represent the country it's from. That's our job. That's what we get to do. Represent the country we're from, not the country that we're in. When the church forgets its proper ownership and the values of the homeland, it is no longer the embassy of hope as designed. It becomes merely a religious institution of the culture around it, misusing the name of Jesus. But when the church steps boldly into its Christ-given role, it possesses the very power of the keys of the kingdom. How, how have we done with that? Here, here's the hard part. Here's the hard part. I, I, I'm going to say this. I love, I love this country and I'm very thankful that I get to grow up, that I got to grow up and that I get to live in this country. Very thankful for that. But this is, not, this is not an eternal country. The kingdom is eternal. And I am a citizen of the kingdom first. I even struggle with the whole life, liberty, pursuit of happiness. I, I struggle with that. My, I, to me, it should be more about eternal life, holiness, and the pursuit of godliness. I think that's what it needs to be more about. I am thankful that I live here. And though I have religious freedom to worship God and I don't have to worry about that, but sometimes I wonder if we needed more. I don't like saying this because I don't want to ever see it happen. But if the fall of this country results in more people becoming members of the kingdom of God, then I would rather see this country fall. I, 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 don't, want, I don't want that to happen. But I want to see more people in the kingdom. And if that's what happens, then, then that's what has to happen. If we as a church are supposed to be pillars of truth, and ambassadors for reconciliation, then we need to be known as members of the kingdom. Not members of a political party. Not, not supporters of a certain person other than Jesus. Not followers of a certain way of doing Things. And I know this is hard. This is hard. But in a lot of circles in this country, the church or Christians are known more for their affiliation with a political party than they are with an affiliation of the kingdom of God, with the foundation of Jesus. And that's who we're called to be. That's who we get to be. So my question is this. Has our prescription changed a little bit? And maybe we haven't realized it? We need to ask the Holy Spirit to take our prescription in our heart and see if we need better clarity and new focus. It's got to be about the kingdom. It's got to be about the kingdom. We're going to go into a time of prayer.
And in this time of prayer, ask the hard questions. Some of these things I've said, some of these questions I've laid out, I don't, I don't know all the answers to them. Uh, what I know is that we are here to represent the kingdom and the truth of the kingdom, and we have the authority to do that, and I want to see more people come into God's kingdom. That's our number one priority. So in this time of prayer, ask the Holy Spirit to reveal to you if, if you need a prescription check, if you need new clarity, let's pray. Mm.